It's the Tom and Perry Music Show. The Tom and Perry Music Show. The Tom and Perry Music Show Podcast. Well, hello. Hello, Tom. Hello, Perry. How are you, sir? Okay. This is the Tom and Perry Music Show number 30. Is it really number 30? Show number 30. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We're going to have a good discussion today because we're going to talk about and play um, some of our favorite songs from 1966. Yes, yes, A yes. great year for uh, yeah. music and the radio now, and everything, now, now, right? Now, of course, this was before I was born, probably. So how old were you then? About 50, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 60. <laughs> In 1966, I was 24. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hello to all our listeners out there. It's nice to be with you again and... Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. '66 is a great year for music. 1966, yeah, really. So really you know, good. we're gonna we're gonna play like you know, you'll you'll pick one, then I'll play one of mine, and so and so, and we'll. Yes. Like, why does this song mean so much to you, and what do you love about it? Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah. Tom, you want to start with uh, a song from 1966? Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, let's see. Let's try with um, boy, Perry. This is one of my favorite songs. Really, really favorite song. What is it? Can we do um? Paul Revere and the Raiders. I, I think we can. Uh, okay. Uh, which song by Paul Revere and the Raiders is okay, this so going to be? One, this one, uh, the reason why I like this, this is like a, kind of a bridge song. Paul Revere and the Raiders were a pretty good, tough they little. Were, they, they, they rocked pretty hard. Yeah, yeah they were a tough yeah. little R&B band in their, in their day, you know. And so this one yep. was kind of a bridge. Later in the year, they had a couple of big, big, huge hits that they're really well known for. They had um, Kicks. And uh, what was the other one there? Cherokee uh, People. No, no, in 66. What they oh, have. in 66. Oh, oh. Hungry for the good things, baby. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yep. So this song is kind of like before they got, I mean, it's it's produced by Terry Melcher, who produced those other songs. But mm-hmm. this one's a little tougher, Perry. This one's a little rockier. So it's like, I picked this one out of the other two, because this one's, a, it's gritty. It's gritty. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's do this. This is Paul Revere and the Raiders from yeah, 1966. Let's... Let's see what happens. So 66. How cool is this? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. That had great drum fills. Very, and you know what and else is really cool about great that? Great guitar solo, too. Exactly. They doubled it. He doubled, doubled it, too. It. It's, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Double track guitar solo. Yep. And you hear it at the end where it's not quite aligned. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. And you know what? That set the pace. Everybody did that after that. Everybody the organ, did. the organ playing. Um, yeah. It, that's I guess that's Paul Revere, the organ player. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is one of those bands. They did a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, themselves. Yeah. That's actually Drake Levin playing that solo. It isn't one of the guys from, uh, you know, the Wrecking Crew or anything mm-hmm. like that. That's actually him playing it's that solo. That's actually the solo. band. Yeah, exactly. Which is so cool. I really like that about it. But that's a yeah. hard, hard rock song. And you know, I could play tambour. I could play that tambourine too. You know, that's really good. <laughs> bump up with the double hit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's such a cool song, man. That was uh, that was Paul Revere Narrators, nineteen sixty six. So good, so good. Uh, Perry, that was on the Columbia label. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. This was. A, yeah. Did you have the forty-five or? Uh... I didn't have the forty-five. Later on, I had the album. They, you know, how they did it in those days. They'd have an album. Yeah. That yep. would have like one hit on it, and then later on, when it was a huge hit, they'd collect a bunch of hits on one record. So I had. They had yeah. an album called um, what was the Spirit of '67. That was wow. my older brother got that. He was so into that, and they were all over TV in those days. You know, you turn on, they, they, you know, um, they hosted that daytime show. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie and say I saw that or remember it, but I remember being on, you know, all the usual suspects yeah. and Sullivan and shit like that. <laughs> I did hear an interview with Mark Lindsay and, uh, he was saying about the, like the uniforms that they used to wear and stuff. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, Hey, we just decided, let's just do it for this TV show, yeah, you know, you know to kind of win, uh, you know, kind of, yeah, it's a gig. Man, known said, for yeah. It, what yeah. the heck? Right. You know, he actually recorded um, fairly recently with some um, um, down at the Gripweeds, uh, friends of the show, Gripweeds, um, Kurt and Rick Ryle. Um, he did some work down there, and they said he is the nicest guy in the world. And he's also one of these guys knows everything about music. And a talented yeah, musician, yeah. too. He plays a lot of instruments. He plays sax. He's a really good sax player. Yeah. yeah so anyway. <laughs> cool. Now, what do you have, Perry? Uh, well... I ha- well, you know what? The, my first selection is going to be the Monkees. Yeah. Last Train to Clarksville. It was just oh one of those, God. like, I wanted to have. Now, I didn't see this in 66. I no. saw the Monkees, like, in the 70s. Sure. You know, uh, when they were it was syndicated. and But I wanted to have a Michael Nesmith, like, Gretsch guitar. I wanted oh, yeah. to be that guy, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, you didn't know, like, because Michael Nesmith really knew how to play guitar. He was like, yeah, he's playing it. You know? yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this song, uh, I always thought it was really cool. It, uh, it's a great song. It's yeah. a great song. It, was uh, this we, the... used to, we used to attempt to uh, do this, too, in like, uh, <laughs> yes, you know, some, yes, let, let's just call it some buzzed out jams, right? <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. We were always trying to play this AM pop, Perry, weren't we? Yeah. We were always yep. trying to play songs like this, you know? I, I, I should. Well, uh... I also had a Rickenbacker guitar at this point, so like, yeah, let's just, you know, jangle it up, right? Let's let's give it a listen. The monkeys. Do it. The monkeys. Yeah. Take the last train to Clarksville, and I'll meet you at the station. You can be here by four thirty, 'cause I've made your reservation. Don't be slow. No, no, no. No, no, no. Cause I'm leaving in the morning 
train to Clarksville. Last train to Clarksville. Everybody loves that song, don't you? Yeah, everybody loves that song. Absolutely, Perry. There's so many yeah. cool parts to that, especially uh, the tambourine. And, uh, yeah. He's hitting that closed hi-hat that, the well, verses. It's, it's like, it, it, yeah, and it's, and it's like reverse, too. It's like, shh. Yeah, yeah, what is, what does that do? Is he is he open it just as he hits it, or he's closing I it just? No, they well, those were studio guys that were. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that, that when we have playing. a drummer on the show. We're not drummers, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you can distinctly hear that. You don't have to be a drummer to be able to understand, uh, oh, you know, I what's do. going on there. You know, <laughs> I need drummers to explain everything to me, Barry. Yeah. Holy shit! No, that's a great song. And, and now I have to ask: Was that their first single? Uh, it may have been their first single. Yeah, yeah. That, that sets the tone. Yeah, you know, I think that a... may have been the first single. Yeah, okay. I believe the record label was Cold Gems. Cold Gems. Yeah, right. which a, was a uh, it was a conglomerate, but it was like Screen Gems. Screen yes. Gems was the gems, the gems. You know, give me the gems, yeah. Yeah, it was Cold Gems. <laughs> yep. Oh shit. Anyway, what have you got from 1966? All right, let's move on to uh, how about this one, Perry? Um. How about this, the birds? The birds? Yeah. Never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the birds had their big record that year, Fifth Dimension, which had a a bunch of hits on it. But the song that I like, Barry, the song that I chose, Mr. Spaceman. That was a single, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was yeah. the third. It was the third single from the record. It was. A re- I just love this song. I just love this song. Uh, again, this record was on Columbia, <laughs> um, but um, I liked it because it, you know, it's from that album that has. Um, what else? What are the big? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, couldn't tell you. I think that is eight miles high. Uh, I don't know. I've okay. never. I, the okay. only record I ever had by them was Sweetheart of the Rodeo. So I'm pretty sure it had eight miles high, and it also had songs like uh, uh, "So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star." Oh think, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. I think might be yeah. on that. That might have been. Anyway, it seems to be about the time they were doing. Yeah, that stuff, the yeah. reason why I like this is because this was that kind of um, 
kind of a playful, almost countryish birds that I yeah, really liked. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it wasn't hung up in all their harmonies yeah. and stuff like that. But good song, really good song. Well, let's give it a listen. This is Hey, Mr. Spaceman, right? <laughs> Written by Roger McGuinn. I think it was Jim McGuinn at the time. I don't know. I always get confused with that. But uh, Okay. Well, let's, let's see. Here we go. Woke up this morning with light in my eyes And then realized it was still dark outside It was a light coming down from the sky I don't know who or why Must be those strangers that come every night Those saucer-shaped lights put people up tight Leave blue-green footprints that glow in the dark I hope they get home all right Hey, Mr. Spaceman Won't you please take me along I won't do anything wrong Hey, Mr. Spaceman Won't you please take me along for a ride Woke up this morning I was feeling quite weird Had flies in my beard My toothpaste was smeared Over my window They'd written my name Said so long We'll see you again Hey Spaceman, won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. Hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along for a ride? Gotta love those harmonies. Oh man, it's such a good song, Perry. So you know, I'm hearing Chris Hillman back there as well, correct? Exactly. Yep. Roger um, McGuinn, Chris Hillman are singing, and is there who's there's someone else? Is that Crosby? David Crosby, but he's yeah. not he's not over the whole thing. You know, right. he's like but mainly when, when you hear that little duet thing, it's Hillman and McGuinn, right? Exactly. Chris they Hillman high, is fantastic. They have those beautiful high voices together. Yeah. This is yep. a song that I never owned, you know, at the time, of course. You know, I was mm-hmm. just an infant, Perry. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but later on, when, uh, what was it on CD? Was it, I think it's Bird's 20 Greatest Hits. You know, yeah. I, and I would, you know, how many great hits they have. I'd always find myself circling back to. I always played this song whenever I dug out that CD. You know, it's like that song is super catchy. How, I mean, really you know, is. it really this is. This is the you know, I, I'm not the biggest Birds fan, but I always liked hearing this song on the radio. Yes, always, it's, like, it's yeah. just so pleasing. It's and just it does like sound like you know McGuinn would write it because it's got that little folk. You know, he was a New York City Greenwich Village folkster. Really, you know. And that's that's kind of what it sounds like to me. You know? It does. It does. It's it, it's you know, and I could just hear you know some critics. You know, it's a very slight song. You know, because yeah, it doesn't have all the heavy. Yeah, silly too. you know, my toothpaste is smeared. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's just a silly line, but it's a, it's a you know, it's a funny song. You know? He woke up with his his pants on backwards and shit. What did those aliens do? But anyway, no, right, right. I love that song, Perry. Uh, again, I don't know if I said this before, but I, I just want to give credit. That was also on Columbia, produced yep. by Alan Stanton um, and uh, written by the band. But uh, what a great song. Cool. Yeah. That was well, what the, do you got? The boy, this is, well, you know what I've got? A British group. Uh-oh. The Hollies. Oh, yeah. It was just, I just, you know, another song I've always loved. Maybe it's, maybe it's the vocal arrangements. I don't know, but right. it's, uh, let, let's just, let's just go, okay? Just, just we go. do it, Barry. The just Hollies. Do it. The Hollies. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Now that was that's the same singer that the uh, Hollies had, right? Uh, Sylvester or uh... no? That's um. Oh shit! I always forget their names. Tony Hicks was the guitar player. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. Sylvester was the bass player. He wasn't the lead singer. Um, what the hell's Alan? Alan oh, something was. The, we are the worst podcasters in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. I just can't think of his name at the moment, but uh. But I like the vocal. I think Graham Nash might have been in the band at that point. Yes, he yeah. was. He was. Um, what was I going to say? And they had the. Um, um, what was going to say? Damn it. Oh, you know what's really to say? You know what I really like about the Hollies? And I, I always, you know, I never really noticed it. And then I saw a couple of live clips of mm-hmm. that drummer. Bobby Elliott. Yeah, yeah. He is amazing. Yeah, you know, he's amazing you don't really, behind the beat. Yep. Yeah, you don't yep. really hear him too much. I mean, on, on the records, he's flaws. But when you see them play live, he's just a machine. He's just so good. All yeah, feel, yep. you know, that small little kid. Yeah. It's just so good. But so I like good. that little minor thing. You know, like, I don't know, it's a, some mandolin or something that they were using in there. Or, But I always, always like that song. Always, always, you know, 
it's I guess it's the vocal arrangements that I really like. You know, the monkeys and absolutely, right? and and the Hollies and uh, you know, nineteen sixty six is a great year, Perry, because you know you're starting to see that transition from like you know, just like you know, bands would just pump out single, single, singles like yep. single material, and then collect it on an album, and but then there's you're a thing. To see, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, you're starting to see the transition from people starting to write, you know, longer, more involved pieces that Correct. aren't meant to be singles, even though they still could be singles. You right. Know? The way the way recordings were done back then or the way the production was done, it, you know, I don't know who's involved saying, you know, well, that song's going to be a single, you know. It's, <laughs> but the no, point I is, the, the way the recordings were done, you know, that's, uh, really? well, what do you have for 1966? Oh man, what else we had? That, you know, um, let's see here. Uh, well, we're gonna we uh, we have to do this, Perry. The Association. The Association. One of my all-time favorite bands of all I, time. I had I had Windy on forty-five. Well, yeah. when I say I had it, or you know, one of my sisters had it. It was a family it. collection. It was yeah, a family yeah, collection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember it was the Green Label, uh, the record label. Now these were on. Uh, association was on the Valiant label. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what yeah. I want to listen to is their first hit. This is their first big hit. Along comes Mary. Oh wow! Man. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And along comes Mary. Right. And for years and years, there's been this misrepresentation that Mary was supposed to be, you know, marijuana. Uh, you know, Tandon Alma wrote this. <laughs> well, song. if if they said Mary Jane, <laughs> <laughs> last dance for Mary Jane. Um, you know, Tandon Alma, right? The guy who uh, uh, was big with the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson. Um, he wrote some lyrics for. Uh, yeah, Beach I've Boys. seen his name around. Right. Yep, he wrote yep. this song, and he never once, you know, I don't know. I mean. He never once came out and said it was about pot or marijuana and everything. So I think people just kind of associated it with it. Oh, you know? boy, I don't know. We'll have to listen closely to the yeah, words. It's, it's a great song, man. It's it's just so, <laughs> so good. So this is the association, Along Comes Mary? Along Comes Mary. Okay. Oh, yeah. Is as sweet as the punch 
Now, can I oh, make yeah. a, can I ask oh. a couple of questions? Absolutely. Now, I got a couple of questions here. No, I got a couple of questions for you, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, it's like, did I hear hand claps in there? Yes. <laughs> did it's I hear so a cowbell in there? You heard everything. And, and the flute solo? Well, you know what? Was that Ron um, Burgundy playing the flute solo? No, no, it's, uh, you know, that's a rather poignant point you pick up. That was um, Terry Kirkman, who just died two weeks ago. Ooh, 84 I've, I've years old. I've seen that name many times. Yeah, on he was the, the tall, tall guy. He played flute. He played recorder. He played a bunch of uh, woodwind things, and he sang like a bird. Um, but So uh, how's that for pop music, though? A flute solo instead of oh, a guitar so solo. Good. I mean, that says a lot about, you know, where they were at, you know. Yeah, like, with the hand Their artistic um, expression, right? Exactly. And, you know, the lead singer, they all sang, but, you know, Jim Yester was their lead singer on a lot of things. And that's him singing on that. Such a distinctive voice. And um, there's a couple of great clips on YouTube, um, Smothers Brothers and Ed Sullivan, where they both, they sing live to a pre-recorded track. Yeah, that so, was the uh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was really cool because that, yeah. that gives you the best of the association because they, they really yeah. were wonderful singers. All of them sang, the drummer, everybody, Brian yeah. Cole, they all sang. And, and I also understand... Looking it up is that um, it was easier for the producers and engineers of the show to just mic the vocals live yes. and have a backing yes. track rather than trying to mic the whole band exactly. live because the drums exactly. would have been an issue on a exactly. soundstage. Yeah. Yep. And they played at such a lower volume in general that if you had the live drums, a lot of times you couldn't control it. You know, it would like, you yeah. know, it would just overshadow even if the yeah. guy wasn't playing that hard, you know. But, but that um, was, you know, they used to do that in the Ed Sullivan show, right? The Doors would sing over live yes. over a backing yes. track. Yes. Yep. And the backing track could be one of a number of things. It could be the original backing track. Yeah. Sometimes they came in and recorded a new backing track like the day before. Well, well, um, or they would get the engineers to spit out a copy of a tape for the Ed Sullivan show. Yes. Without the vocals on it, they would exactly. e eliminate the vocals. Exactly. Because, you know, they were going to do it live. That was the first of their um, the association, the first of, I would have to say, six or seven top 40 hits stretched over like three, four years. They were just I so, remember, do, 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 do. I mean, that's a great melody. Yeah. Who's leaning down the street? And they, yeah. they did, uh, they, Cherish. did they the original one. Was that their song or did they cover that? What? Cherish. No, they wrote that. They wrote, they Terry wrote Kirk, that. Terry Kirkman wrote that. So David Cassidy had a big hit with that, right? Yes, Sometime yes. in the 70s or 80s yep. or something. They had so many cool, yeah. well, I guess what you'd call it now, easy listening, or, you know, some people call it sunshine pop or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Never My Love, or, you know, what a Oh, great yeah, song. remember that one, too. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. That, was, that was one of their You're songs as well? me when I, what's yeah. that? That was one of their songs also? Absolutely. That's on the, Perry, I'm on my third version of the Best of the Association. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had the record. I lost the original CD, and I got a replacement CD. <laughs> oh man, no! But anyway, um, yeah, like I said, on Valiant Records, produced by Kurt Bochter. Yeah. Um, and that was, like I said, their first hit. That was their very first hit. So good deal. All right. Yeah, I like the I like the uh, vocal arrangements there, and uh, 
the hand claps were like hand claps, the hand were, claps amazing. were so prominent so amazing. it's like they recorded that last almost exactly you know? it's like you know um hand claps and tambourine man yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's where it's at man. yeah yeah and occasional you... cowbell yep. <laughs> more cowbell more cowbell yep uh Perry, do you have another uh smash i do i have tommy james on the shondells oh yeah from 1966 it's just you know i i picked songs that i like well, well of that's course all. we pick songs that we like absolutely yeah so tommy james does so he'd been around for a little which one was this we're gonna find out now uh-oh okay i'm ready my baby does the hanky pain. Oh yeah. My baby does the hanky pain. I can never remember the name of that song. <laughs> What's the name of that song? Oh, Hanky Panky. <laughs> now, there's some story where I think, was Tommy James in a band before that and may have recorded it in 1964? Really? You know, somewhere in Detroit, I think he might have been from. Really? And then they recorded it again, or some other band recorded it in 64. And oh, they, wow. There's some story behind it. Um Maybe we'll figure it out for the next show. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's but, a great song. That's a great song. Yeah, that, but it's it's 1966, right? With the guitar, you know, the way the guitar sounds. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. I'll oh, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 did he have hits before this or is this like his first thing or uh, this is 1966 so this might have been the be- you know the when beginning did he do of Moni, a string Moni? of hits uh Moni, Mo- i don't know if it Moni Moni was before or after this oh, but uh he, he said one of these guys he had a sound you heard that song it's like that's tommy james he absolutely had a sound but <laughs> he, you know he got better you know he got better and better um you know i don't even know if like when he did crimson and clover and 68 ish right. 
Was it still the Shondells or was it just Tommy James? I thought it was just Tommy James because uh, one of my all-time favorites, Dragon and Line, Dragon and Line. Yeah, I believe yeah. that's just Tommy James. That's just I might Tommy be wrong James. There's yeah. no Shondells on that. Yep. Hugging the tree when you get near it. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I just always love uh, Tommy James and uh, read his book, also read his biography. Oh, that's right. Didn't you lend that to me, Perry? I forwarded it to someone after I read it, yeah. <laughs> I might have lost that in the move. <laughs> what do you feel like uh, playing for your next selection of... Oh, uh, Perry, Perry, my next selection songs is... 1966. Just one of my all-time favorite songs. It's just so, 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 so good. <laughs> oh, so- wait, let me have a guess. No, 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 no. Let me have a guess of the artist. Okay. Who is the, is it one name, is it a person or is it a band? Uh, it's a person. And it's one of your favorite songs of all time. All time, all time, man. I'm going to guess Otis Redding. Oh, my God, Perry, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Can you tell me what I'm thinking of now? No. Yeah, Doc of the Bay. That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> no. Otis Redding with, um, Try a Little Tenderness. Try a Little Tenderness. Oh, my I'm, God, yeah. Perry. He... He tore the house down, didn't he? At um, yes. at uh, what was that festival in '67? Monterey. Monterey. He, he tore he, the place apart with a yes, version of that, did. didn't he? Yes, he did. And you know, this is of course a, an old standard. It's from like the '30s. So I don't yeah, know who yep. actually did it first, but um, his version is just mental. Starts out with that slow, you know, and then it just raves into yeah. the end. Gotta, gotta. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. recorded with the incomparable Booker T and the MGs behind him. Right. Them, you know, but you can um, hear even Janis Joplin lifting some things from oh, him, sure. you know. No, yeah. And, of course, released on the famous Stax record. Um, oh, he produ- was a Stax artist, huh? Yeah, produ- this is produced by Jim Stewart, who's the founder of Stax Records. So was this recorded in Memphis? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, uh, Steve Cropper and the, the whole crew in there. Um, yep. Isaac Hayes worked on it. Um, Duck apparently Dunn? did was Duck Dunn. Uh, uh, yeah, it was um, you know bass? Duck Dunn, um, Steve Cropper. Uh, who's the drummer? Al Jackson. I Al Jackson, drummer. I think, is was the dr- drummer. Stax drummer. Yep. Yeah, and MG um, Booker T. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, apparently Isaac Hayes arranged this because he was doing like some uh, freelancey stuff down there, and it's it's just fantastic. Yeah. You know, starts off slow, and it's always like low volume in the beginning. Remember that? Remember yeah. when records yeah. actually yep. had lower volume? <laughs> Yeah. Well, wasn't wasn't um, Isaac Hayes sort of a staff producer yes. slash arranger at yes. Stax? Yes. They put out his own stuff. He worked on other people's stuff. Um, yeah. Just so much talent in the room when they're doing, you know, when they're recording stuff like this, you think to yourself, holy shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, all yeah. the people who are working on this just, you know, you hear them like, you know, what they say, you know, Steve Carpenter's on something like 500 records. <laughs> Stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. Man, it's just so good, Perry. I love it. Well, let's hear his rendition of it, okay? All right. You won't regret it, no, no. Young girls ain't gonna forget it. it. Love is their home. Happy and naked. Yeah. 
Dynamics on that recording is fantastic. You can hear He's, every single instrument distinctly. Exactly, exactly. Yep. They're not afraid to go quiet sometimes. You know when it's yeah, just lowered yep. down the volume. It's you, fucking amazing. You can even hear like Al Green even took a little bit from. Oh uh, hell yeah! You know from that soulful uh, Otis Redding uh, thing. Learned from the masters, man. That's yeah. such a great song, Perry. What I'm a sorry. great recording! So that was yeah, Stacks another, Records, right? Stacks Records. Yep. Uh, produced by Jim Stewart. You know, that's the real deal, man. My man Otis. All right. Well, you went to you went Stax Records. I went to Motown. Okay. All right. I went to Motown for the Four Tops. Oh my God, Perry. Yeah. Sixty six a huge year for them. They had a bunch yeah, of hits. Yeah, and I just it's just another radio when you know, when radio was king and uh when I'm a little kid listening to the radio. Yeah. These songs just grab you. What did you pick? Here we go. Oh no. <laughs> Now if you feel that you can't go on It's because all of your hope is gone And your life is filled with much confusion Until happiness is just an illusion Fantastic is the bass playing. When you feel and about to give up, cause you give us ain't good enough. And you feel the world has blown cold. And you're drifting out all on your own. And you need a hand to hold. Darling, come on, girl. Reach out for me. Reach out for me. Oh, the bass, Barry. <laughs> Now, obviously, oh that was some remix because, you know, you didn't yeah. hear the background vocals like you heard it on the, the radio in 66. Right. But, you know, there's somebody's always remixing these things, remastering them. Right. And, you know, so, but the bass. The, I think bass, the bass is ridiculous. The bass is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it was James Jamerson because, you know. 
Who do you think those female vocalists are in the back? I mean, we'll never know, but they're buried in the mix, man. But it's perfect because they're yeah. hollering. Well, buried in know? the mix on this remix yeah. version. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. sound terrible. And no, it doesn't know? sound terrible, but some it was some other producer's ears that right. decided to, right. you know, fade them back. Yeah, it could have been Martha and the Vandellas. It could have been uh, yeah, Diana no, Ross. You know, it could have been the Supremes, good... right? <sighs> God, that you know, that's universe. That song is universally loved. You know, and it just has these themes that are just so apparent to everybody. Reach out, yeah. I'll be there, baby. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> and even even Michael Jackson or the Jackson Five, you know, they had a song called "I'll Be There." You know, they just yeah. wanted to grab a little bit of that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but that was great. The Four Tops, nineteen sixty-six. Very good. Very good. Song's called "What?" I'll be there. Reach out, I'll be there. Reach out, I'll be there good stuff very cool what have you got for uh 1966 well perry we're gonna go into a a little bit of a different direction here this was like just the first um inkling of this kind of music um the next record up is by love love what was their big big hit well they had that um they had a couple of hits their very first thing you noticed them out they did a cover of uh my little red book yeah and that was uh, got their you know uh but this is Bacharach, had, was that a Bacharach? Yeah, that was song? a Burt Bacharach, Hal David song. But here's an, this was actually their biggest hit. And the name of this song, the one that we want to hear is, uh, not their biggest hit, it was actually their only hit, the only one that reached the top 40. Uh, seven and Seven Is. Really? Which is, yeah, which is an int- a very interesting song. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's almost punkish in a way, you know? Is it about anything in particular or... I don't know. I mean, it was written by Arthur Lee, who is the you know the main figure yeah, in yep. in love, you know, singer and a guitar player and everything like that. But um, uh, what was I gonna say? No, I'm not quite sure the subject matter, but it was it was a little um, it was a little revolutionary for its time. It's very bombastic, you know. It's very Where like. Where are they uh, from? Are they from like San Francisco? Uh, L.A. They were L.A. bands? Yeah, L.A. guys and, uh, you know, the legendary, those, those, you know, the year and a half before this came out, they were legendary. They were living in this big house together right off the strip and, you know, they played all the- Oh, they're from L.A., not Lower Alabama, from Los Angeles, right? (laughs) (laughs) Lower Alabama, Louisiana. No, um, no, yeah, from L.A. and they played all the usual places, Troubadour and everything like that, but- um, yeah, this was their their first national thing, and uh, I love the song. It's very it's very in your face. It's like ding, 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 oh, what's, ding, it, ding, what's it called? The seven is seven and seven is with the great guitar work from Johnny Eckel, who was the guitar player for who still tours to this day. Wow, he toured a few months ago in England, so he's got God knows how old he is. God love him. You know, he's got a new version of Love on the Road. You know, I think he calls it Johnny Eccles Love. Or <laughs> well, have, like there's, there's always legalities like You're right, that, the you sound know? of love or whatever yeah. the hell it is, you know. But uh, no, this is a great song. Great drumming on it. Too. Great, great drumming. Well, let's, all right, let's, let's listen to that great drumming. Here we go. Love. Throw me if you wanna, cause I'm a bone and I go boop, bip, bip, boop, bip, bip, yeah! 
Wow. That was almost like surf drumming. It was almost like a, you know, like a, oh, like so a it, cool. it was a little punky for 1966. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great yeah. words, you know. My bottle's in the fireplace and my dog lies hypnotized. <laughs> but yeah, it was like surf drumming. Yeah, con, you know, yeah. very, very this busy. This was kind of, yep. yeah, this is like kind of a transitional record period. Like this, uh, like you said, a little bit of surf, a little bit of rock. It's almost a little psychedelic. Yep. But this is, yeah, yeah but, the, you know, we chose 1966 because this is pre-acid rock. Yep. Pre-psychedelia you know, or whatever you want to call right. it. Right. And Perry, the new music, the new forms of music that were, you know, like getting popular in 66, like, you know, it was a little psychedelic, but it was more conventional. Like, you know, you had, um, you know, Talk Talk by Music Machine and yeah. um, Psychotic Reaction, the Electric Prunes, Too Much to Dream. You know, it was still like in conventional yeah. song form, you know? Yes. But yep. I, I love this song. It's great. It was, um, like I said, this was their only real chart song. Um, Top forty, top forty. Yeah, it was a hit. Like, That's a hit. It was a yeah. hit. Um, uh, on Electra Records, produced by Jack Holzman. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was. Uh, there was some weight behind this. You know, produced it was, by uh, Jack Holzman, who became the president of the company. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So were they the? They may have been the first signing on Electra. I well, what it was, I, I'm not quite sure the chronology, but they were one of the first. You know. Wow. Yeah. For but, the uh, doors, I, maybe even. I think the doors, I think the doors were signed before this, but mm -hmm. they didn't release until afterwards, or something like something to that effect, or something like that. I love that song. Love is very, you know, beloved, you know. Yeah. You know, very small output of you know that that great record out there. Yeah. Forever yeah. changes, which is another great, great, great song. Yeah. It was a but FM a cult staple. Following, obviously. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that was great. Cool. <laughs> Love. Well, do you want to know what I have? Yeah, do you have any more, man? I have the Bobby Fuller Four. Holy smokes. Now, who did they fight, Perry? Well, they, they <laughs> fought the law, and the law won. <laughs> and I believe it was written by Sonny Curtis. Now, there's a theme here, because as uh, uh, past listeners to our show know, uh, one of Perry's favorite, favorite, favorite bands is The Clash. Who did, a, who did a cover yeah. of this song? Uh, but uh, yeah, there's the thread, Perry. <laughs> but this is, I believe, this is the version from 1966. Oh, uh, but I believe it's a Sonny Curtis song. Uh, Perry, can I have a personal aside here? Yeah. Uh, okay. So when this song was huge, mm -hmm. my family went to the New Hampshire State Fair. Yeah. And of course, you know, they have, you know, entertainment and everything. And the big, and I, this was told to me because I was a child at the time. But all my older brothers and sisters said it was a great show. And we were sitting right up front. The headliner was Bobby Fuller 4. Yep. And opening up was Tommy Rowe. Wow. Long before, like, way before Dizzy. Way you know? before he had the, the 45, yeah, the big I'm radio so hits. Yep. Dizzy. <laughs> so it was before that, you know. So I guess they were, you know, out in the bushes, you know, at the New Hampshire State Fair, you know, drumming yeah. up business. But <laughs> Bobby Fuller 4. Bobby Fuller 4, I Fought the Law. All right.
Now, of course, Sonny oh, Curtis, yeah. who wrote the song, was in the crickets at one point because that's Buddy Holly-ish. Yes. You could hear Buddy Holly singing that song. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Perry, was uh, now was the Bobby Fuller Four, was that a legitimate band, or is this like one of those studio things, you know, with studio hacks? Uh, or yeah, I don't know. I oh, believe okay. that uh, they, I, I, you know. I want them to be a band. <laughs> <laughs> My wish fulfillment. Yes. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh, that's a great song. I could always, yeah. I could always pay Wikipedia money and then search it. You know, <laughs> Wikipedia, the multi-billion-dollar corporation, is asking for money. <laughs> really, they always have like, their hands out. You know, go scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah, but that was the Bobby Fuller four. I felt the law and the very no, funny Holly like. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good selection, Perry. Yeah. Have you got anything left for uh Well, you know, um I have one more, Perry. You have this one is, more. Yeah, this is this is a little minor thing, but um I love this song. I love this band. They're not as well known as some of the other ones that we played today. They were huge in New England. And they're American, they're American, and they're, uh, I guess, their claim to fame, if you want to call it, is um, yeah, they opened for the Beatles on the Beatles' last tour of the United States, really. Yeah, they did like 12 or 15 dates, which would have been 1966, correct? Opening for the Beatles, and at the time, this was this was like one of their. I don't want to say big hits. They didn't have any national hits. They were huge locally. They really should have exploded. It's such good. This is one of my personal favorites. I play this for people who haven't heard it or aren't familiar with it, and mm-hmm. it blows their mind. It's just such a, such a good song. They were they were a tough, hard hitting band. Um, guitar, bass, drums, and organ. And the name of the band is The Remains. The Remains. Yes. Wow. Sounds like a name of a group in, you know, the 1990s. Well, like, wait, yeah. decades ahead of the time. The Remains. Um, what was I going to say? Um... Capital R-E-M? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> the, na- the name of the song is Don't Look Back, and it was released on um, Epic Records. Wow. Uh, which is kind of interesting. But here's the key thing, uh, Perry. Do you ever hear of a songwriter named Billy Vera? Uh, In the 80s, I believe he had some Billy Billy Vera and the Beaters. That's that name I've yeah. heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote this song. Really? He wrote the song. He was wrote he, the he, song. He was not in the band, though. He was just no, a songwriter. No, he was not in the right? band. And I guess he was, I don't know where they found the song. And this is their version. It's <laughs> Every song that I play, I'm always obviously in love with it. I just can't <laughs> shut up about it. But I love this song. <laughs> Produced by Ted Cooper. Released on the Epic label. Um, this was in 66. They were making a big push. And part of the promotional push is they got the, I think it was 12 dates, opening for the Beatles. Uh, but they never became huge. But, wow. But this song. Right. Another one of those cult bands, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well known. Huge in New England. But, you know, anyway, I love this song. Once I discovered it many years ago, it's always been one of my favorites. So, What's the name of the song? The name of the song is Don't Look Back. Don't look back, the remains. Oh, yeah. All right, let's see. You both made your bed, and now you're going to have to sleep there. Old man blues is going to try to find you everywhere. 
Told me about that when we were uh, talking about having a meeting about the show. I had never ever heard that song really, maybe once in my life before that. Yeah, how great is that song, man? That's a great song. <laughs> the Don't truth is the lie. <laughs> yep. Interesting. They, yeah, they were huge in New England. They were huge, and I think my old one of my older brother. I think my brother John had this album. I'm trying to think of what the name now, but uh, it was big in Massachusetts, man. It was huge. But um, wow, yeah, '66, baby. <laughs> well, I have one song left. Do it. What do you got? One song man? left. But let me ask you an unmusic-related trivia question. Lay it right? on me, man. I'm Not ready. a trivia question. Little okay. quiz. All right. Can you name two countries where Coca-Cola cannot be sold? Two countries where Coca-Cola Two countries cannot... in the world where Coca-Cola is not available. It's not available. Or okay. can't be sold. Okay. Um, how about... I'm just going to throw it out there. China. Okay. Well, we need two countries. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say China and Saudi Arabia. Okay. The answer would be North Korea. Oh, dear. Yeah. And Cuba. <laughs> I don't know why I threw that in there. It was unrelated to music, but. Moving on. I just wanted to mess with your head, Tom, and I think it worked, right? Consider, consider my head <laughs> messed with. Well, I've got one song uh, left, and it's. Uh, Bobby Hebb. This may be oh, the Bobby only the, maybe the only thing I've ever heard from the guy. In certain circles, he may have multiple this records that are. Uh, this is right? such a good song, Perry. This is such a good song. But this is Sunny. Oh by Bobby yeah, Hebb. Right. Yeah. Let's give it a listen, Sunny. Sunny. Yesterday, my life was filled with rain. Sunny. You smiled at me and really eased the pain Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true, I love you Sunny, thank you for the sunshine you gave Sunny Thank you for the love you've brought my way You gave to me your all in all 
And now I feel ten feet tall, sunny one so true. I love you, sunny. Thank you for the truth you let me see, sunny. That song is so delicate. Is Nothing this... is too loud. It's very soft, actually. Exactly. And isn't it strange that it, right before you turn it up, it goes to that halftime in the drums, yeah, yep. but it doesn't increase the tempo of the song. It's like, how right. Re- they just it's change so much restraint. The, yeah, but it's you know, everything is delicate. The background vocal yes. is delicate. The orchestration yes. is very delicate. Everything to breathe. It's not a loud record, Yep. but you, you hear everything. It's like going back to Otis, you know. Even when he's doing his shout at the end, the band is just pulling yeah, back, yep. and you know they're they're playing loud enough. You know, everybody can hear yeah, them, but yeah. they're not over. Oh man, you're exactly right. I don't wow. know what record label he was on. I remember seeing the forty five, right? In uh, you know, in the stacks of forty fives, Bobby Hebb. That's almost like Sunny. you know, you know, it's almost like adult pop, you know, because that wasn't for kids. You yeah. Know? Even though it's a great song, but it, you know, it wasn't like you know kid movement or anything yeah. like that but the know? keyboard like there was some i don't know if it was an electric piano or yeah, something what's that thing you, in the beginning where the, the it's like not a marimba uh what do you call it uh yeah maybe, maybe it was some sort of marimba sort of thing yeah but yeah very very delicate record great record though oh yeah like all these records in 1966 yeah. just great good radio stuff, song man. absolutely now I, have, now I have to do a little uh caveat for our listeners here when me and perry were putting together the show we made a conscious decision that we weren't gonna um pick any Beatles or Stones records Correct, or anything yeah. like that, because they would have dominated. They dominated you know? the 60s, exactly. Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. So we were kind of trying That's to... That's a different show. Exactly, yeah. and not in a xenophobic way, but we just wanted to highlight some of this great American pop that was cranking around in 1966. Yeah. And, of course, we didn't yeah. even get to a lot of, you know, Mamas and Papas were huge that year, Love right, and Spoonful. Right. Um, Stuff I may have heard on, like, the kitchen radio or, yeah. you know, a little transistor radio or something. Yeah. You know? AM. <laughs> what a great show, Perry. This was very enjoyable. And I have also have to say to our listeners, uh, once again, we uh, I have to thank Perry for gathering all this music. Perry's the producer of the show, and he's always, I always call him the Indiana Jones of rock and roll. <laughs> he's always finding this stuff. So thank you, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you, no, Tom. No, thank you, thank, thank you. you, Tom. Well, anyway, this has been the Tom and Perry Music Show number 30, show number 30. 30. It's amazing, Perry. Two yep. and a half years. Halfway to 60. <laughs> I wish we could say that, but anyway. Yep. But anyway, uh, so uh, everyone out there, thank you, and uh, hope to hear from you next time. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>